Man, I look like butter. I sound like butter. Man, they should just change today into National Butter Day. I tell you, my man is looking. <laughs> no margarine. No all margarine. Butter. All but all I butter. love that hashtag. He's sliding on the seats. <laughs> Yo, man, this man Rich is hilarious, bro. But you guys are tuning in Talking Chief, the official podcast. Y'all know I'm here. I'm here with my brother. He's, uh, I'm going to give him a really dope introduction because I haven't seen this man in a very long time and he's a very amazing person. Stop it, man. Come on. So let, let's take let's take, let's take take a trip back to, let's say, 2006. We're in 2019, so that's 13 years ago. 2006, we were both uh, in sixth grade mm-hmm. at IS-51. Mm-hmm. Um, African. Yes. A very rough time to be African, might yes, I say. Very rough time. There was still Jalaf Wars, though, but it's okay. There was Jalaf Wars with those who was like the Saturday school programs mm-hmm. or whatever, like the step program or whatever. But for the most part, at, at school, you being African was like, it, it was almost the worst thing you can be close to. Go to school, do your homework, go home, do your homework, I do always, everything you have to do. I always tell people it's more like this. It's like, you weren't black enough to be with the black people. Like, you wasn't street enough. You wasn't cool enough. You wasn't that. Nope. You weren't... You were smart, but you but you wasn't Asian, so you wasn't in that conversation. Nope. You, you, you're cool. You have... You know, you, you speak a certain type of way, but you're not white. And white people don't appreciate you. Mm-hmm. And then... You know, Spanish people, our parents, like, not I won't say our parents, but like a lot of uh, African parents at the time were like, stay away from Spanish people. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't, and, I, and I'm being just completely frank because I, I've seen it. I've heard it from other parents and people around, like, oh, those Spanish girls, this, that, third. Mm-hmm. So we never really found acceptance in any other cultural group except within ourselves within except and it wasn't a lot of us and the ones who were around they were not claiming being african nope they were just trying to be black they were trying jamaican. to make parties jamaican be caribbean they go oh oh my gosh i'm not black i'm caribbean hey let me wind my waist all this other stuff Man. i'm like you you're gonna go home and make jollof rice your mother's <laughs> gonna force you to clean the tub your mother is going to make sure that you talk to your aunt you still you got church seen, on sunday you have church on sunday <laughs> I tell you, it's it, crazy. It was foul. It was foul. And and I, and I say this because you know what? I'm like, you know, you knew me for years. I've been the same. Like I have the same mannerism, same demeanor forever. The same pride in Africa. I've always had it. So now I always tell people when everyone's trying to do, it, I feel like it's still a trend. It's a trend to them. It's a trend. And the thing is, everybody picks it up. Everybody puts it on. Everybody puts it down, and just they focus on that one thing. It could be the music, that yep. one song that they like. Oh, this is David O. Da, 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 da. I love if African I tell music. You, say yeah, I, I love, love you. you. Yo, bro, I don't even consider. Like, I'm sitting here, like, bro, like, do y'all not remember, like, Style Plus Crew or Bracket or Two Face? Like, the old not, like, not, R2Bs. R2, yes. The, son. I just, they don't under, they don't know. And the thing is, it's funny because I've been jacking this, I'll be listening to this song for six, seven months. Mm-hmm. Let's say, the perfect example, Ayo, your number. Yeah. When the film first came out, I was like, yo, this is a cool song. Everything. Everybody's catching on to it. Everybody's claiming. There was some girl in my school. My proper was like, oh, I love this Caribbean song. I'm like, you, yo, yep. you, yep. you foolish goat. You, yep. don't, you don't even know how long ago this song came and you're calling it Caribbean because the guy sounds Caribbean. Because, ah! Now you're right. What kind of life is that? Now you're, you're completely right. And you know, it's crazy. A lot of people didn't know that he was Nigerian. And and I think that was to his advantage. Right. Because I don't know if at that time if people 
knew he was African if it would have boomed the way it would have mm-hmm. and it's just foul when I look at everything now like I said like I feel like I'm all about the one African movement I'm all about that but I've always been about it right. before it became a right. thing before it was even relevant like before it even became a trend like this was just our lifestyle like the kente the Ankara all this stuff that we just did like have to, remember we had to get dressed up for picture day nobody else would get dressed up they wear some fly Jordan stuff we had to have three people suit full suit dress clothes that we're going to church for every picture day exactly and then after picture day after that one picture's done you can't even change nope you had to wear that all day so now you look like a reverend or a preacher and everybody else is playing having a good time you still gotta wear everybody wearing their Jordans and everything to to, to go take photos it's not even showing up in the photo facts and it's like for us suit tie everything like dress all of that and not to say that other cultures didn't do that too or whatever but it was just like with us it's just that standard we always have to be that kid that makes sure that they do whatever they're supposed to do because if, if we don't we're going to come home and get beatings of our lives then we're going to have to explain to the people the next day oh you got beat up why are you getting beat up why is your parents beating you because it's life and you know what's crazy I always tell people all the time like us growing up was a very interesting time because our parents did not really understand. Like, I feel like parents now are a lot more understanding because they see it. They're growing in it, too. Our mm-hmm. parents did not understand a thing. Like, they didn't understand why you needed a cell phone in high school, in junior high school. What? <laughs> I got a cell phone. You got your cell phone in junior high school? I got a, I got my, my mom had to sneak and buy me a cell phone in seventh grade. In seventh grade? In seventh grade. Cletus, I was in the ninth grade before I got... My first T-Mobile prepaid phone. Wow. T-Mobile prepaid. Paid my phone. cousin got from me. Then my aunt was like, you know what? You need a phone. Let's get you an AT&T Nokia flip phone. <laughs> In the ninth grade. That's 2009. That was the first time I had my phone. Then what was it? It was 2010 when I got the iPhone 3GS and I felt like I was on top of the world and everybody else had the iPhone. I was like, hey, iTeam iPhone. Oh, I'm so cool. Now I can download music and use iTunes and all this Yo, other jazz and crazy. stuff and download and torrent and mess up my computer with all this lime oh. wire and soft wire and this. Oh. And you know, it's crazy. And I don't think people give like being Nigerian at that time credit. Like all the Nigerians that came after, I respect them, whatever, but they don't understand. Like we really laid a foundation from like, bro, I, if it wasn't for MySpace, we wouldn't have no social anything. Like we made it acceptable to even have a MySpace because our parents wasn't even fond of us being on social nope, media. They hate it. It like, oh, why are you going on the online talking to all these people? You know, there's people out there that can use fake accounts and everything. Yep. And then Facebook, Facebook, us lying to be 21 or whatever, <laughs> just to go 40. on. Just, <laughs> yes, just to be on Facebook, just to say, oh, I'm cool. I'm popping this down the third. Now, you over here having our parents trying to help them take photos for their Facebook page. Yep. And it's like, yo, we really came, came a long, long way. way. Like, bro, I don't think you understand. Like, whenever I hear African music on the radio, it makes me uncomfortable. It, and it's not uncomfortable in a sense that's like, like, oh, I don't love it. It's like, it baffles me. It baffles me because it's like, yo, I remember when you had to beg people to play just a Af- basic Afro beat music. Son, I remember prom of 2012. Curtis prom Shout of 2012. Shout out to Curtis High School, man. Yo, son. Vibes. Oh, vibes. My gosh. Yo. Straight vibes. Hoboken. We're on the river. Yep. Son, first year ever I'm ever putting on Kente tie, Kente, um, Kente vest. Came in the night before, straight from Ghana. 
I'm over here repping it. Everybody's like, oh, Richard, yo, you look so dope. Where's your date? I came by myself. Richard, you should have told me. I would have went with you. And before, I don't mean to cut you off, but even, you talking about prom. Parents wasn't even really allowing you to even date. You wasn't going no more. You wasn't going nope. to the mall unless you really nope. was like kind of sneaking to go. You wasn't even in those spaces to even develop a dating kind of relationship. No. Anything. If you did it, you did it really behind the parent, your, your parents' back. Right. So they talk about, oh, you didn't have a date. I remember my dad was like, oh, you, you don't have a girlfriend. And I'm saying like, when would you ever have allowed me to have one? Exactly. Why, when, if I brought a girl home, mm-hmm. what, what, and what... In what world would you just be like, you know what? It's okay. They're living their best life. It's all right. You know, I want my son to be happy and everything and stuff like that. You would have been like, I hope this is your friend that's going to help you do your homework. Bro, that's a fact. Because other than that, there's no reason the opposite sex should be in the house at all. Unless it's your sister true. or your relative. Like it's it's true. Just, this, it, it, it wasn't making sense. And it's like different be- for us because... As Africans, it's just our parents have those morals and values. They always tell you, oh, when I was back at home, I was an A student. I did this. I Bro. did that. My mom and my dad were in the same class, and they said they were both A students. So who's a liar? <laughs> so, yo, they're always the first in their class. And I, my, my, my dad was like, I was the first in my class. Your uncle that you know was second. And I'm sitting here like, but if you were second, but he swear he first. So one, and, I, and I'm sitting here like, even when I went to college and I failed at a college the first time. I was so embarrassed because I'm like, yo, I was, I failed. Like, bro, I remember there was a time in high school, bro. I cried because I got an 89 on my report Joke. card. Son, I would, li- I would love to relive high school exams, all this. Like, True. son, you didn't have to study for it. You went, you did your homework, your homework was studying. True. It was just like you go and you take the exam, boom, done. True. You could, yo, college is something different. Like, you go there, you actually have to put in the work, otherwise you're not going to make it. It's true. I had Bs my whole year. I had a, th- I had a, a right under a 3.0, 2.98 my first semester. My dad was like, why are we sending you to school? And I, that, was the f- that was the last time I ever told my parents about my grades, or my transcript. That I just had to realize, because it's like, if you're not getting 100 or an, or an A... You're failing. And it's like, yo, this is the standard that we really lived by up until now. And it's like, it's so unrealistic. It is. And and you know what really was messed up? Like, bro, I felt like African parents set you up for failure on purpose so that you had to either sink or swim. Like, mm-hmm. every African I ever met at the time, like, even when I was younger, they either, and I look now, they're either doing really well or they're doing really bad. Mm-hmm. There really is no in-between. Right. Because it was like, bro, like, I remember there was a time, like, yo, I, like you said, we both spoke about, we both bought our first pair of Jordans by ourselves. To go to an African parent and be like, yo, I want a pair of Jordans because if I don't get these sneakers, I'm going to get made fun of at school because I look like I'm broke or I'm a bum. And to them, they're like, how could you look like you're broke when you see the car that we're driving? You see that we have house You have both your parents You're eating And I'm sitting here like Bro You're not gonna understand Because at the end of the day You're not the one That has to deal With the realities When you of- go Exactly when we leave the house Because guess what My friends Are not in my house Seeing what I have They're seeing what I bring To the table at school, school. Especially that lunch table What? Bro I remember Bro 51 
was such a cold place. They, bro, I remember girls used to be like, oh, I, like, Cletus, you, 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 I used to sweat a lot because I played basketball and I used to drink like mad mm-hmm. water. So I yep. sweated a lot. Oh, Cletus is a sweat piss. So- <laughs> That's what they used to tell me every day, bro. And I say, bro, like, Bro, I bro, it really took me having to be the funny basketball playing smart African that was cool and loved God. That's really what saved me. Cause I used to tell everybody I'm gonna pray for them. Hey, cause that's all I could do. That's all I could. Do. I was in church on Saturday. I mean on Sunday, Wednesday for midweek service, and then maybe on Monday when they had something. And I used to go to church twice on Sundays. They used to go to church twice on Sundays. So all I had at that time was God, bro. Because I that's, ain't have no Jordans. I used to wear all the clothes from JCPenney. All so the JCPenney. All the JCPenney. JC Listen, Penny's <laughs> shoes, your Dunkmans. Yo, the, the Shacks. The, the Shacks. Yeah, the Air Ones. New oh Balance. Oh, man. And I look at it now like, yo, African, young Africans really thriving right now. To be African now is like lit. It's P- people lit. People look up to, they're like, yo, Yo, you know this move? The Zonto, you know the the Al Qaeda, you know the Shaku, like all this oh stuff. Oh my god, just bro! Like, listen, I get it. It's cool and it feels good, but at the same time, it's like people just put you in this bubble now because it's like they don't know what it was back then for us. Like we really had to struggle being the booty scratcher, being the dark African with big lips that nobody wants to talk to. Now these are the same girls that want to have these same <laughs> lips all over them. Now, you know, it's crazy. And I look at it now, like a lot of the girls I used to really like, and I used to tell them like, yo, like I was really about them. But they would never see past that I was an African, you know, nerdy, whatever. And like, bro, now they look at me like, oh, you look mad good. But I'm like, bro, I look the same. I look I look the, the same. The differences we have here. You got, I got a beard now, and my demeanor is a little different. Yeah. Now, now before I was afraid to, to even approach you. Now I'll glaze the hell out your buns. You my girl. <laughs> like, you not even. Butter. 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 You know the vibes. <laughs> you know the vibes. <laughs> but it's Come, just. let me make you slippy. You know <laughs> He said, come, let me make you slippery. Yo, I'm weak, hashtag, put it on the shirt. But it's like, now I look at everything and it's like, yo, the process of what it meant to be African then and now what it looks like now, it's kind of like a blessing, but at the same time, it's humbling because it's like, bro, like, I'm not one of the people that you ever going to see be doing the most like, oh, I'm, I'm team Africa, bro. I'm Africa regardless. It's, I'm the self-embodiment of what it means to be a young Nigerian doing it. Point blank, period. And I've been this way. It hasn't been like one of them things like, oh, I just started doing because it it's lit. Bro, Cletus has never been a Jamaican. Cletus has never been a Caribbean. Nope. Cletus waistline more elite than a lot of them dudes. But, yo, Cletus has always been Nigerian. You knew Cletus. Af- I was a lot of people's first African friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Every time I mention Cletus, oh shoot, Niger, the African. It's just the African, that African, the African, the African, the African. It's just crazy because it's a fact. I see it all the time. Everywhere I go, I mention his name. Somebody knows him and knows him because he's that African. That literally just puts it out there. <laughs> he just he just that puts it African. out there. That's Son, it. I'm sitting right here next to his. African continent loafers <laughs> I'm, I have them in my hand right now It's like Boy And the thing is It's not even like He just does it Just to show off Or whatever It's just being him Me 
I'm Ghanaian. Shout out to my Ghanaians. I respect you people even Listen, though you love us trash. I don't do that. Don't do that. Because guess what? Nigerians are the first ones to start and we're the ones to stay humble. That is facts. That is facts. I agree. Ghanaian people are the most humble people. That is a fact. I'm telling you. But regardless of that, like, I've known my culture and there's even times where it's like I went to school and I found out more about it there mm. than I did ever being at home. Because it was just, I was surrounded by other Ghanians that were coming from New York City. I went to school in Brockport. Shout so to up Brockport. There, up there, you got cold. You yeah. have majority white people. It's upstate New York. So that those are the two things that you're going to see. So for uh, me to go there and then meet 20, like maybe I'm dragging it, maybe like 10, 15 Ghanians or whatever coming from New York City. I'm just like, yo, that's crazy. And we all just... Going through the same thing. Together, and this is at yeah. the time, this is 2012, which it's just like where like the Afro vibes movement just started peaking and peaking and peaking year by year by year. People were coming out to events. People wanted to wear on car. People are now, people are getting their stuff sewn together. Yo, Richard, where you getting this? Yo, where you get your materials from? Da, da, da. People repping African jewelry and all this other stuff. Like, And the thing is, they don't even know where this meaning come from and everything. They just doing it just to do it. Not, please, how many women you seen wearing waist beads? Everybody. And them showing it off. Every girl. And they don't even know that they not even Supposed to show them all, bro. Jesus is not right. And I, and I be the one that have to tell them. I was like, oh, they're not supposed to be show. I'm like, no. Like, my mom doesn't show off her waist beads. My sisters don't show off their waist beads. Like, it's something that, like, the only person that's supposed to see them is themselves in the mirror it's or true. their man. And it's even true. then, like, if you're wearing a bathing suit, that's different. It is what it is. But even then, some of them try to tuck it in so that way it's not shown. But everybody's just getting it to be a trend because it's like, oh, it's so cute, da 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 I'm going to get it to show it up. I'm like, that's not the point. Like, when I be making it and selling it to, to a lot of women or First of all, shout out to the Gold Coast Collection. Know what? Know what? Know what? We got really into the podcast, and you know what? I knew this was gonna happen because the chemistry goes back thirteen years. That's a blessing from God. A lot of people don't have friends that long. Amen. So, I want to introduce somebody. Like I said, very special. This is my bro Richard Ashan, uh, CEO of the Gold Coast Collection. Um, I don't even know where to start. Uh, I knew Richard for like I said, thirteen years. He's a, a nurse. I don't want to put all your business, but he's a, he's a, a, a registered nurse um, doing very well. Probably the most disciplined person I've known for a very long time. Has not changed at all. Richard has always been rich. If you know Rich, you know he's always been rich. And also on top of that, he's the one that founded the African Student Union. Well, I wasn't really founded it, but I just, I helped, you know, really put them on the map as far as like support. Um, I was the first ever president male black male president of the african student union at, the at Brockport. Brockport, you know and honestly just it wasn't for me just to just be president or whatever it was just me helping out like me putting them on the map because at the end of the day it felt like me being a family there you know and i just want to make sure that when i left I left my mark that they can just build upon. You know, it's just something like that simple. And I'd never give you enough credit, but if it wasn't for you, I would never have been able to get the opportunity to host that Brockport. 
I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Brockport was one of the first schools. Like, I had an opportunity to host at African Night in Albany, like, in 2013. But they wanted me to do it for free. And I said no. And that, after that, after that, it was like the opportunity gets closed. Because after that, shout out to my bro, Segun. Segun has been the guy at Albany since then. Mm-hmm. But if it wasn't for you, I never would have had the opportunity to host at Brockport and, and even expand to Brockport. And then after that, I was there for, like, I think I was in college for five years. I was in college for five years. During that five years, I've hosted at Brockport at least four, four out of the five years I was there. Mm-hmm. And only reason why is because I was just like, yo, they were like, yo, we need a host. Like, who are we going to think that like host, he needs to be that person that's just mad funny and stuff. Blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, Cletus. Like, he's just, because why? Because he's that African. Simple. Because <laughs> he's just, like, it, was, it just came to mind. I was just like, yo, who's Cletus? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, let me show you this profile. Let me tell you what he's about. And then after that, just hit him up. And th- th- that's it. It's simple. You know, it's just one of those things where he Cletus has been Cletus all his life. And for me to just bring it up for him to give him that opportunity or whatever, it was just made sense because, first of all, I know him. I know he's professional. I know his professionalism. I know his networking. I know everything that he can do, everything he put forth. And him just being himself, he doesn't have to act funny. Mm. This man's naturally funny. His life is about being funny. If he's not funny, he's not being Cletus. So it's like just all of that combined into one person. Why to to host the show? Why not? You know, it just made sense. And I was cheap too. I I I was cheap. I'm still cheap. I was sitting the other day. I'm like, man, I'm I'm, you know, shout out to Brockport uh, CSO. I'm gonna be there this weekend in Rochester. So that's big. You know. I know, and then shout out to uh, Brockport Osad. They wanted me to host in February, but you know, things happen. I had to handle my own stuff in my own personal life. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that I still like have those opportunities, like, bro, that's a blessing. And that all because of you. Listen, man, it's just it's just stuff like, you know, just me knowing you. Period. That's it. It's just from us knowing each other. It's true. Literally. That's it. There's no difference. There's no there's no like, oh man, like he could do this for me or whatever. He gonna do it for free or something like no. I'm like, listen, you come, name your price, we'll do whatever. You have a place to stay, you have the money, I like you need money for bus, cover it. Like it's just that's it, because at the end of the day, you're the bro. That's it. Simple, you know? And it's just that um connection that we've just shared over the years that's been good it's like there's times where you do your thing i do my thing we may not link up or do something whatever but at the same time when we do it's always a good turnout like Mm -hmm. the fact that you didn't know i was even still here on the island and then like just having to play ball tonight and then now we're here you know we just it just we didn't expect any of this stuff to happen but it just happens because we all knew the struggle when we was growing up and then us seeing each other now and we were just talking about it everybody from 51 yeah. Such, oh my! Like the names can go on and on. If we keep mentioning every single person, we're gonna be here for years. So it's just a short list of people that we're just talking about that are just doing their thing right now. Mm-hmm. And for them to even be African brothers like us, you know, not to single anybody, not to single everybody else out or whatever, you know, to just shut them because everybody yeah, doing yeah, thing be right African yeah. black whatever. It's just like yo, we came up oh, in a, a rough era and we came a long way. way. It's crazy to see way. all these kids now and everything around the block doing whatever, and they look up to us and they just think we just a random person. They don't know. They don't. And Cletus would be like, you know this man? You know who this is? Yeah, no, because I had to, because, you know, I, like, I coach now. So that's really what, you know, since I've been home, people be like, yo, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, most of my life right now is revolved around helping with my mom's store. Like I said, building black uh, 
you know, black business and all that stuff because right black corner, economics. Which, by the way, right on the corner of Richmond Terrace and South Avenue. Shout out to Peace International Market, 3240 Richmond Terrace, Staten Island, New York. Yeah. Hours 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., 11 p.m. on Fridays. And on Sundays we close because, you know, we got church. You know, that's still Amen. a thing. That's still a gotta thing. Gotta thank God for the market. True. True. And that joint is not easy. It is not easy. And you know what's crazy? And I, I, I never really talk about stuff like this, but it's kind of like... When I talk to like my not my African family all the time, but when I when I see certain African families, they don't understand that living in America is not that sweet. Like they think that because we're not there struggling with them, that the struggle here has decreased. Do you know how many times I wish I was born in Ghana to say like to know even to know how the struggle was there? I feel like I would even like as as the person that I am, I'm grateful for it. But I feel like I would even be greater. I would yes. be, have I would have a really great sense of life if I grew up from there and then came here because I would be very I would be very appreciative of everything that I own. Not to say I'm not now, and not to say that I don't you know I'm not grateful for everything that my parents have done for me, especially with them coming from there here and building the foundation for us to you know walk on top of. God first, obviously, but it's just like for me to be born there, to go through the struggle and to come here and have the opportunities and everything is great. But we were born here, so we're meaning that we've seen everything, the good, the bad, the ugly. So for us, we know the struggle, but for them, it's the luxuries. They see everything. And that's the problem is perception. The perception is what really gets people, especially Africans, all the time. Oh, you're in America. You know, you, you have all these fancy cars and everything, and you have your education you can get, and da 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 And it's not free. People think that we get everything, whatever. It's not free. It's true. People are over here homeless, too. Bro. The same way people are homeless back in Ghana, back in Nigeria, back wherever you are, the villages that are poor and everything. It happens here, right in our own backyards. It's true. And if you really want to take a step further, like, just think about what college was like. Bro, if it wasn't cause like bro, if it wasn't cause I had the ability to throw parties, I had like you know the ability to do certain things. I was hustling, bro. I was hustling, bro. I look back, I look back at life now, and I'm like, yo, I couldn't be a hoe even if I wanted to, because I just did not have the luxury. I didn't have the time. I never made it. I'm like, bro, I look at it like this, bro. My freshman year and so many body, my grades were body shot. So I didn't. I, I kind of had to come back with like a okay I'm doing I gotta I gotta come back and body everything I gotta come back and I got I can't I can't get back to this point so at that point now I'm about to be a sophomore junior I'm not enjoying college like everyone think I am you know what I'm saying I'm really really grinding I'm really mm-hmm. in school I'm working two three jobs that summer that I lost my scholarship and I was work, I took like twelve credits that summer I lost my scholarship I was working three jobs three jobs. I was sleeping a total of maybe 20 hours a week, if that. I'd, 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 I'd wake up to go. So my first job would start at 7, so I was up by 6. So i go to my first job from 7 to about 4, 3 or 4. And I always used to work with special needs kids mm-hmm. at the JCC. Crazy, I saw one of them kids today. I almost started crying. I'm like, yo, you remember me? He's like, hey. I'm like, oh. like, You know me, I'm weird like that. Mm-hmm. So then after that, I would then go to my next job. So I, I, I'd get off at 4. I drive to my next job It starts mm-hmm. at 5 And I used to do Domino's delivery 
That was my next stop. I didn't I, even know that. What I used to, yes. I was doing Domino's delivery while I was still taking 12 credits during that summer. I was taking six credits online, then I was doing what I was doing, all that working. And then after that, I had to leave and go back to Buffalo and finish up with and retake like chemistry and stuff because my grades were shot. Like, completely shot. So I was doing those two. And then I still had another job that I was working on the weekends. That's a lot. What the f- Yo that's a lot Bro so, And it's crazy to me Cause people like People will hit me up From time to time About yo bro I need some bread I need some stuff And like certain friends You know if I got it I got it It's not even a mm-hmm. question But I think some people Don't understand Like my mom always says it best She's like Clear sometimes I wonder If you really got friends Cause if you really have friends They would understand Really where you came from And she says it all the time Because she's like People think you've had it easy Because you smile Through everything I've never had a sweet. And and that just a, t- a testament of what we've been through. We've never had a sweet. Like, Rich, I look at it now. Bro, we was told about, we used to wear the same clothes the whole week the and just whole, the, the same fits every throughout Monday, the week. Monday, Monday, wor- I'm wearing my black and white striped shirt with my my gray jeans and my Air Force, <laughs> not even Air Force Ones, my Shaq Dunkman. Your Shaqs. <laughs> my Shaqs. <laughs> I remember the shack. Bro the black shacks Saved my, Bro the all black shacks And the red and white shacks Saved my life If it wasn't for the Red and white shacks Bro I had Man And then ball kicks Cause I was playing Basketball a lot So they, they respected See, that's the it that's thing You was playing ball too Me the only Luxury I had The only luxury sneaker I had Was the high top Air Force Ones yep. 2007 That's it Luxury and you know what's crazy? At that time, they were like $60, and that was expensive for our parents. I remember my mom, since that day, had not bought me enough. Like, so when I was in like third fourth grade, I had a pair of all-white ups, uh, low tops. And I was bored one day in the house. I saw a black marker. I saw a green marker. So I just started coloring into my, my low tops. And I loved them. But my mom was so disgusted. Because she was like, yo, like, there was $60 sneakers at that time. For for us, that was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you destroyed your sneakers. You're not wearing them. She never, from that day, she never bought me a pair of white sneakers. She's <sighs> never bought me a pair of white sneakers. And, like, and it's crazy. I look at everything now. Like, people, like, you see me, like, I'll be getting dressed up now and stuff like that. And even now, it's like, I look at my stuff. I'm like, yo, I really give God glory. Because there was a time that, yo, we yo, we ain't had no clothes. The, if we went to the mall, you know what store we hitting. JCPenney's. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get none of the nice fits that, you know, training camp, we went to training camp, you go to get two sneakers, and that sneakers have to last you for the whole school year. The whole school year. So I was rotating two or three dunks, and that was it. And the dunks whole had to be on sale. Like, I look at everything, I'm like, you said to yourself, you bought your first pair of Jordans when? Just like two or three weeks ago. First pair of Jordans. Air, what? Air Jordan 1s. I bought my first pair of Jordans my sophomore year in high school. And I had to pay for it with my own bread. And I bought them on eBay for like half the price. Half the price. And and, and I'm not like and I'm not saying this to like, oh, my life was rough. It's just to a testament of what this real one Africa thing really about. Like, I look at everybody and they be like, oh, one Africa, one Africa, I'm this, that, the third, cool, 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 whatever. And I said it to you, I'm like, bro, the people who've hurt me the most in my life have not been black people, have not been Spanish people, have not been white people, it's been Nigerians. It's been my own people. Mm-hmm. But they don't, like, but it's like, at the end of the day, I charge it to the game because at the end of the day, that doesn't change 
the 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 morals and the things that, that were instilled in me. Exactly, because at the end of the day, God for, let let their parents find out what they did to you. Their parents were the same ones that will bring their by their ear to your place, telling the telling them to apologize to you. And it's just one of those things where it's like nowadays, um, the gener like the generations of kids that are growing up. They don't know the struggle, so they don't have like the morals same appreciation. The, yeah, they don't have the same appreciation for everything. So it's like now they just get into whatever, and it's like you see it, and it's just like yo, like everybody's on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. Everybody has phones. Up. Like like there's six there's sixth graders, fifth graders that have i that have iPhone 10s Max. What are yeah. you doing with that? Who are you talking? Who are you to? talking to with iPhone 10s Max? <laughs> yeah. You know, back then in 2007, my iPhone 10s Max was my DS. I was playing Mario Kart with my with my friends. Yep. That was it. That was the most luxury that we had, and it's just crazy because now it's like they're just giving it like what like hotcakes to these kids. The, the parents are a lot younger too, though. That's they, true. The uh, parents true. are a lot younger, you, and I'm, I feel like also to add to that, bro. I remember the time when you couldn't get on. There was two things I remember. I remember the time when if your people, your friends had to call you. Let's say like a girl wanted to call you, your bro that your parents had to accept. Had to call you first and then three way them onto the phone. That's crazy. That, and, and, I, and after a certain time, your parents, Katus, oh, are you still on the phone? Get off the phone. I need to come. I need to call. I need to call my your brother, your your aunt from Ghana. And you, like, and you had to still be worrisome if they even listen to eavesdropping to your yeah. conversation. Because all of a sudden you'd be like, "Oh, I like you too. Oh yeah, I love you too." Because that's my son. Get off the phone. Yeah, it's just crazy. It it's was crazy bad, bro. I'm telling you, it man. was that. And I remember when we first got when we had dial up. On the computer, yo AOL, <laughs> Road, Roadrunner, High Speed Online. Oh my God! If the if the if you was on that, you was not taking no phone calls, and our parents used to always try to limit that, bro. It was it was foul. You be in the middle of aim talking to somebody, you're talking to your friend or whatever. Then all of a sudden, it's like mid 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 type is gone. It's gone. <laughs> Because she took the she took the phone cord out of the out of the computer and put it back in the phone to you. Yeah, to disconnect to reconnect. <laughs> Yo, it's foul. People, the people really don't understand, and yeah. it's not even people don't understand. It's just like the younger generation, and like, they, but at the same time, they're keeping us up to date with everything. It's true, like you said, like they're keeping us up to date because whatever is going on in the world, they're gonna be the first ones to know because they have the technology and everything to do so. You got three year olds, four year olds that know how to get to YouTube. And stuff like that And it's just like Wow That's true And Shoot You know what So that You know Let's let's let's, let's talk about stuff. So I have a question for you Alright Currently I don't want to put your business out there You have a You in a relationship Right mm -hmm. And you You happily In this relationship Shout right? out to Bay. Shout out to Bay. God bless the Bay. Sorry not Bay, Wifey Shout out to Wifey So you, you You want to marry this woman Yes Is she Nigerian No She's American. So, oh yeah, I was gonna ask. Is she African? I'm sorry. She's she's American. She's American. So, how do you think your parents are gonna take it? Because and before you answer, because I now my parents kind of understand mm -hmm. that, and I tell my mom all the time, I'm like, Ma, these queens ain't built like y'all. I'm like, I say it all the time, like, yo, these new generation queens really ain't built the way that you were. There's not a lot, and I tell my mom, I'm like, there's not a lot of good women out there. Mm -hmm. and, and the longer you stay in the game, the worse the players get. Mm -hmm. They're more cunning. They they got the experience and skills, but it's like yo, like they just don't have the common sense. They don't. They don't. I tell you, it's like the competition. I, I won't even say the competition gets better because the competition don't. Because as a, I feel like as men elevate, there's 
more women to choose from, but as women elevate, there's less men to choose from. But then when- I I don't know about that. I feel like the higher you get on the pedestal, like the 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 lesser value of you know, or not the lesser the value, but it's like the more you value, which eliminates a lot more for True. you to you know put in your field. And that's where it's like it comes on both side spectrums. Like for women, the more they elevate, the more they look forward to in the person that they're going to meet. And same for men because. You know, we want somebody on the same type of time. And it becomes like a struggle where it's like, I don't want this person to just be starting up. I want them to be on the same level so I don't have to worry about them. And everybody gets lazy. They don't want to have to grow with that person. But at the end of the day, that's what it is. Sure. You know? So, like, um, no, your question. Um, she's not nice. She's not African. No, she's, she's not, not Ghanaian. She's not Ghanaian. She so doesn't... how is my parents taking it? Yes. Um, they've met. Uh, my mother is... <laughs> No, I don't mean that like that. You know, you <laughs> like they met, and uh, <laughs> uh, no. And the thing is, it's good because my mom isn't the type of person, like you said, like they're with the times now. They understand that I'm not gonna most likely, if I do meet that Ganyan girl, it's not gonna be bad. It's gonna be good for them because they they already know that that child has the morals and values instilled with them. From our culture So they don't have to do anything As far as like un- You know Explaining to them Okay This is the time I need you home And be like Okay see you bye Because I know you're gonna be home By 10 anyway Because your parents Are gonna do the same thing You know yeah. So it's like They can come meet the parents And everything They can be friends It's just easier You know But for her being from America It's hard because I'm not saying that Her family doesn't give her the values But it's just different values Like her mother's young too You know So it's like for her, her mother's her best friend. My mother, as much as I can come to her and she's my mother, meaning that she's the person that always has my back over anybody else, she's not my friend. She's not. And because I view her as that authoritative figure that she instilled from jump from me, you know, where it's like, do what you're supposed to do, do what I say, and nothing happens, bad happens, and you'll be okay. You know, I'm doing this for your own good. Mm-hmm. And it's not until I get older and it's like, you know what, I realized she was right. But it kind of sucks, though, because now that I'm older and I can think by myself and I'm, you know, I went to school, I did everything, I have my job now and stuff. I'm still at home, meaning that I can do my stuff, but I can't forget that I'm home under the roof of my mom and my dad. So for her, you know, she's just three years younger than me, but at the same time, it's like, her mom is young, so they go on trips, whatever, and everything and stuff. But then, like, when stuff happens or when, you know, stuff hits the fan, it's like she can come to her mom or she'll have an attitude or something. And, like, she'll talk to her mom, you know, or her stepdad or something, whatever, which way, you know. So it's like, um, you know, it's tough because she has more freedom to express herself without mm-hmm. retaliation. True. If you're African and you even think the opposite of your parents, it's foul. You're going to bed. And you're yeah. gonna wake up the next day like, what happened? Because it's just like there's no ifs ands or buts. There's so many times where I've gotten so mad at my mom, but I knew that whatever she was saying was right, and I couldn't be. I, I just couldn't be mad. You know, like there's times where I know I did the wrong thing, and she'll black black more than any other person needs to. But because I know I was at my fault and I know the morals and values instilled inside of me and I know how my parents were brought up and they know I know that I'm not I wasn't supposed to do that or something, 
I can have an attitude, but they'll ne- they're never gonna see it because the minute they even see my face change, they're gonna be like, "Why are you have an attitude?" I didn't even say, "Oh, you're talking back now." Yeah. See, like it's, it's just there it was no, and I say that all the time, like the gener the generation that's gonna come after us, they're gonna be so blessed because they actually gonna have a voice. They actually right. gonna have a a voice that actually is gonna impact mm-hmm. things within their own household. Mm-hmm. Yo, we ain't had that. No, we didn't. And if we tried even putting up of us having a voice was us talking back. Us having a voice was us being disrespectful, mm-hmm. you know? And if still like that till this day, it's a little easier now because we're older, meaning that we have the ability to express ourselves. But even then it's like, be careful because you're still under whose house. And you know what's crazy? Back in the day, Movies used to play people who stayed in their mom's basement, their parents' house. Mm-hmm. This is the most brilliant. I don't know why people would want you to move people, out. People, and the thing is, because sometimes they portray these movies or whatever and stuff in wrong locations. You're not going to portray you being 18, coming back, you being 18, going to college, coming back at 21 to New York City, and then staying home for like two or three months and then moving out and getting your own place by yourself. That's not happening. You can't afford unless, that. Unless, unless you're... Um, your job is I, yeah, amazing. Unless your job is amazing. White. <laughs> um, but <laughs> like, but it's, just, it's just not like that because I came home and my idea isn't to move out immediately because I know the minute I move out, I'm going to struggle on my own and I'm going to end up coming back home anyway, which happens to a lot of people, especially minorities that come home and they just think. And I think the big thing is that they come home from having freedom, going away to school, experiencing themselves on their own. Mm-hmm. Then when they come back, it's like the freedom isn't the same. You know, they had their say when they were by themselves. They know how they live. They 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 found themselves when they left. So now when they come back home, it's like now they have to show themselves to their parents and their parents aren't that reciprocate, aren't that reciprocating of it because it's like, this is still my child. No matter how old you get, you're still under me. And it's not in a bad way, but it's just like, you know, no matter what happens, that's always the mindset your parents are going to have. So it's like sometimes they just can't deal with that. So then they just move out and then they struggle with financial issue especially in new york city with rent going high every two seconds yep. you either have to live with somebody else or have two or three jobs just to sustain a living it's true. even with minimum wage going up it's still not enough you know so it's just tough so all those values and everything trying to bring all that culture and tradition and everything and have somebody that you know even though they're black and they know the struggle they still don't know our struggle or what our parents struggle so that's why they teach us these morals and these values make sure you're home before 10 make sure you do your homework make sure you don't talk back make sure you always give back make sure you always you know be respectful to your elders all this other stuff you know so it's like for me that's how I am that's just the embodiment of myself so like when I see her like getting into her with her parents or something it's like, yo, like you're talking to your mother. You can do this? You can do this? <laughs> and you're like, not gonna die? <laughs> right. I'm like, listen, if there was a show called Fam like Family Swap or something like that, or like Life Swap where you stayed with my parents and I stayed with your parents, your parents would sit there and make me the crown jewel of their life because I would do everything and they won't have to say anything. It's true. The minute you get in my house, either two things will happen. My mother will kick you out or you will leave the house because you just can't deal with all of that 
culture shock. And that's what it is. It's a culture shock. And it's the hardest thing to introduce to somebody in a relationship because the way our culture is, is very like blunt and forward. Like this is our tradition. Family is first, number one. And you know, I don't know. I'm not going to say that females like feel away when you tell them this, but whenever they're not number one, it always hurts. They can understand, but it'll still feel like some, they'll still feel some type of way, mm-hmm. which is understandable. In this generation. In this, yeah, in this, this generation, you know, but it's like at the same time, if you're not my wife or from like, if that's not the goal, like to be my wife or something, my family has to be first because that's the only way you're going to be included into my family. Unless we have a child or something, that's different. You know, obviously, you know, we're family now so and that's another thing even if we were to have kids now like i tell people all the time like if i was to get a, a woman pregnant like god forbid it just happened that has to become my wife my friends still don't believe me right and the thing is it's just because of the values that we have we can't sit there and make a woman bear our child and leave them by themselves to do it because our families will literally shun us they will shun us, take the child, and claim them as their new child. It's true. And then raise them to make sure they don't do the same thing. It's true. You know, and the thing is, it's sad, and it might be funny to some people or whatever, but it's just a fact. Like, we can't. My mother's always telling me, Richard, no kids out of wedlock. And I think I don't even want that for myself right now. I don't. But it's just, they're always instilling stuff, stuff that we know already they're still going to keep repeating in our heads, repeating in our heads, repeating in our heads. Not because they don't think that we don't know better or something, but because they're always our parents and they never want us to go through it because they see it every day in the news. They see it every day with all these other people that they've seen that are friends and stuff. It's like, oh, everybody's getting pregnant. Everybody's doing this. Everybody's losing their job. Like, And one thing I'll say that I wish, like, my parents, not so much my parents, but, like, a lot of African parents don't, like, don't, I, what I wouldn't want them to do, they... One, it's two things One don't compare me To the other kids I hated Ooh. that And they were always Comparing me to kids That were not better than me Exactly That was the thing That blew up Like bad with it Like right. you know your cousin He's an engineer I'm like but do you know My cousin smashing everything Do you know my cousin Smoked mad weed And you don't even Want to do that Because at the end of the day It's like that's not, and then the, their excuses. Well, you're supposed to take the good things that they're doing, not the bad. And I'm like, but why? Like, it's like, yo, you could be amazing. Like, bro, I was like, you, you remember yo, in high school, bro? There was only like maybe seven of us that were black in honors. That out of the entire school, there was out of our class at eight thirty one, there was four of us that was black. That was black. So in your class, it was you, Sam. Me, Sam, Toyabad, and this other Vanessa, I think. Four of us. Yeah. So I was your four. In my class, it was me, Natasha Shields, oh, oh, um, Kalia, and Wulu Kalu. But I was the only black man. I was the only black man in honors in my entire academy. The only black man. There was only crazy. two boys, and was, I was the only black man. Everybody else was not that. And I was African. And I was, you know, I was a president in school, too. Mm-hmm. So it was like, bro... But it was like to me. I sit back and I look at everything now, bro. I could do all that. I still was not good enough. Question. Now, with that being said, because I've met people that actually get mad when they like when they like when we say this. Do you feel like because we're African and because of our standards that we hold to ourselves when it comes to our education and stuff like that, that we view ourselves better than anybody else? No. Okay. I mean, but that's just because I don't. 
as a person, I don't see myself as better than anybody. I be, I have my ego. Right. My ego is what you know sometimes fuels me, and I say it all the mm-hmm. time. Like I think Wale said it best. He's like, man, there comes a time, and I and I and I resonated with. He was like, there's men out there that would win and win big just out of sheer spite of because someone said they can do or because someone didn't appreciate them or someone didn't love. Them. And I think that that comes really from culture. Yep. I don't think I'm better than anybody because, yo, there's people doing way better than me right now. Mm-hmm. I, like, I, I'm still, you know, grinding. I'm still in a space right. that No matter doesn't... where you're at right now, there's always somebody that you see that's doing better Especially than you. Especially with social media. Mm-hmm. Everybody's showing their, 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 mm-hmm. their successes, their comments. It's Like I said, perception. Of everything. Of everything, you know? So, because I've met people that, like, I'll say that all like you know I know all my African friends since we've been young we've always been grinding doing our thing whatever and, and it's not because I, I'm saying it to boost the supper it's just because that's the morals and the standards that we've had to live by if you're not getting 100 you're failing that's exactly how it is bro I so, remember there was a time and I'm in control I remember there was a time I got like a 98 and my dad said what happened to the other two the boys two boys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nobody even getting close to me Bro, I remember those times that everybody in the class failing, and then he still like, "Why are you?" And I had higher than everybody else. And it doesn't matter. It because don't matter. I'm like, we got a curve, so that 78 is gonna become a 98. What does that mean? Did you get 98 first? Oh, why? Wow. And I'm saying like, bro, at what point am I going to be good enough? And I said it in one of my other podcasts. I'm gonna put them out. I have like 50. I'm gonna put them out one day, sooner than soon though. I want. I really want to put them out soon. I was like, yo, I think one of my biggest issues in life, and I still gotta deal with this. I never feel like I'm good enough. No. And it's like it's to the point that now I don't even enjoy what you have. Or what you get Because it's like What you get Is only a taste Of what you really want And I feel like Us You know Just Africans in general We always had that Instilled inside us No matter what you do It could be better Mm -hmm. Until you're perfect And I feel like It's a blessing to have that But it's a curse Because then it's like When we don't reach our goals It hits us hard And it hits us at home Especially You know Like I said There's points where I couldn't There's points where I couldn't tell my dad the grades that I got from school because it would be like, or college, my first semester. I told him it was like, this is not good. Why are we sending you to school? Why are we giving you the money to do this if you're just going to come and do this? It was like, after that, I couldn't tell him my grades anymore because it's just that now I have to make sure that I'm doing well for me. Not because my parents want me to do well. They're giving me the opportunity to do so. I have to do this for me. I can't just do it because my parents are telling me to do so at this point because now money's coming out of my pocket or their pockets and my pockets for education. So if I really don't want to do this, I can't. And I know one of my friends, you know, she went through her parents put her through school and everything Mm -hmm. just, you know, just to be a nurse. And at the end of the day, she didn't want to do that. Bro, if you want to talk, man, listen, I and I look at it now like. I graduated, you know, uh-huh. international trade, geography, and a communication major. I was a physical therapy major first, then an exercise science ma- no, then an uh, occupational therapy major, then an exercise science major, and then after that, I failed out of college. And I'm saying here, like, yo, I've never been great at sciences. I've always been good at the humanities and English and math, but I've never been great at the sciences. And my like, and I wouldn't say, and I, I, I don't want to blame my parents, but at the same time, I'll be real. I, I was trying to live up to their expectations. I felt like if I did not become a doctor, I would be a failure. And I've failed miserably trying to do it. took me failing out of college to realize that, yo, I'm not happy. This is not what you want to do. And this is not what I'm going It's not what I want to do. And this is not what I'm going to be good at. Like, I, bro, before I got to college, 
I had like close to like two. I had like 500 hours working in an outpatient home at, at uh, Clove Lakes Rehabilitation. I had two internships with in physical therapy. I had a potential uh, a job to work as a PT aide. Like I, I was doing the physical therapy life stuff. I was doing it before I was doing the school stuff. But it's when I got to college and I had to do the chemistries. I had to do the physics. I had. I'm like, bro, this joint don't make no. Like for me, I can't have no conversation with nobody about that. I can't change your life. Being like, bro, this is what I learned today in class. No, it didn't do. It didn't serve any purpose, purpose. to me. Mm-hmm. And it came to the point that it became taxing trying to do it. And it's like you had to, instead of it becoming something, instead of it being something that's natural, it's something that you really had to like force yourself to get into doing or get yourself interested in doing. And I couldn't see myself doing it forever. Mm -hmm. Like if I was going to do it, I was really going to be doing it for a paycheck. I was really going to do it for a paycheck or I would really have tried to find a way to be a sports doctor or something and do it within the realm of something that I kind of would enjoy. Mm-hmm. And it came to a point that I'm like, no, I'm not good at that. And then you know what it, really, what it really was? It took me hosting in New York City from Buffalo, coming down to New York City, and my parents coming and sitting there and actually seeing like, yo, this kid is really good at this. For them to actually be like, oh, well, I guess there's some kind of potential. In this. And even to this point, they still, some, sometimes they be like, nah. And it's crazy because I know people that have le- like, you know, maybe didn't either failed out or they left. And it was the best decision that was for them. Like my cousin, he left school. And till this day, everybody on my mom's side of him, dad's side of family, like, when are you going back to school? He's probably the most successful out of all of us, just doing what he wants to do. He works for Nike. He's an Ekin. So Ekins are Nike representatives that go to different, like, you know, outlets and stuff throughout the city or whichever region that they're in. And, you know, do certain events like help with like um as far as like training staff and everything and stuff like that my man has been to oregon been to the headquarters presented in front of people business suits everything stuff like that and he's over here wearing his nike gear chilling joggers sweats sneakers jordans like overcoats with his fitted on presenting pitching these people because they like the image that he's putting out there that he can reach to all the consumers and he doesn't have a degree in business administration or anything. He's just doing it and he's being successful. Paid trips to travel with other Ekins, you know? And it's like, he's doing all of this without a degree. I'm grateful for the education that I have, mm-hmm. but if there's one thing that I've learned is that you can get your education and do everything that you have to do without proof of paper. Mm-hmm. Saying that you spent money to get this piece of paper in order for you to do X, Y, and Z. Because there's people that are out there that are doing it. It might be that 1%, but there's people that have come up from situations that we've been in that haven't gone to school. And if you want to be really frank, a lot of the people I know that do have degrees don't use it. Don't. Or if they do use it, they don't use it the way that you traditionally would think. Like Everybody I know now is a teacher. None of them people wanted to be teachers. Mm-hmm. They wanted to be this, that, third. Everybody's a teacher. Everybody I know is a teacher. A teacher, a nurse. nurse. Like, and, you know, not to discredit them because some of them actually want to do it because they want to do it, but then some of them are just doing it because it's the opportunity that they have available to them. Not because they don't want to be teachers, but it's something that they can do, something that they obviously have the talent for, otherwise they wouldn't be able to successfully be in it. They get good money and they, and they get, get good, good benefits. Yeah, they get good money and they get good benefits. And the thing is, sometimes 
you might have to and that's another thing I've learned sometimes you might have to do stuff that you're not too fond of doing but that you're good at in order for you to get somewhere so that way you can actually do the stuff you want to do it might not be you know your life's dream to get the degree that you want and then the job that you want or whatever but sometimes you might have to get that job that you don't want to do it's true in order for you to get the money to do the stuff you do want to do you know like there's times where i'm pretty sure you've had to sacrifice you know do stuff that you don't want to do i mean it's fortunate I'm because shit now. exactly but it's fortunate that you've gotten the opportunity to do stuff like hosting and everything because you're just cleanish you know you like to be out there host represent do whatever you got to do and then get money for it you know that's a plus but it doesn't always work like that and i know that right now like you're in a situation there it's like you're just working you're still giving back and you're still doing the best you can but it's like you're not where you want to be but whatever you're getting right now is helping fuel where you want to be or the stuff that you want to do in your free time you mm-hmm. know so it's tough and people don't want to swallow that pill but it's the biggest pill that you have to swallow especially coming out of school it's because true. if you don't you're going to sit at home doing nothing and get depressed it's true and it happens to a lot a lot of us a lot more often than you know we think and like i said it's perception people think we're doing great because of social media and all sort of stuff but then when you look at it we're all struggling people think oh because you're a nurse you have mad money oh you're doing this and that <laughs> i'm like that half of the first of all when i get that paycheck half of that goes to america because of the taxes true then the other stuff goes towards the student loans that I have to pay if I have any other loans that I have to pay if I have any other expenses like insurance or something that I have to pay you know so by the time I actually see whatever I have left then I have to save that money towards something greater whether it's me buying a house or doing something you know something investing in myself and then you gotta think about your parents require you to still help out like it don't matter what your Mm -hmm. African your parents will forever if you are doing decent in life and they Africa, they might not even ask you, Ex- I was but just they about to expect say. you to mm-hmm. do something financially mm-hmm. to help out. And with right, with, with, they're right for that. But it's like, yo, like, bro, I don't got it like that. No. I'm trying to build. It's kind of like now. I, well, really, it's not going to upset me. But it's like they've had their chance to be young and do what they wanted to do. And sacrifice the time that they've had to do in order to give you the opportunity to do what you want to so do. So why can I not do what I want to do? But it's like you know what I mean. At the end of the day, it's irresponsible for me to chase my dreams right now. I say that all the time. Mm-hmm. It's irresponsible for me to chase my dreams right now when I know that these are the circumstances that I placed in front of my, you know, mm-hmm. my family, my situation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. So you know what? At the end of the day, like I said, I just charge it to the game. That's all you can do. I just charge it again. That's true. Now, picture all of that that we just mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. With our lives, school, how we grew up, and everything. Tie all of that into us. We know that. Try explaining that to somebody else that's not in our culture. Or being in a relationship with somebody that does, isn't exposed to that. It's hard because sometimes they'll expect, mm. oh, let's spend time together. Let's do this today, whatever. Your mom hits you up to do something. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, shoot. Now it's now like that person's depressed or that person is upset because it's like now these like, you know, you're constantly always doing something when you're supposed to be spending time or something or like it's always caught up. But then it's like you're used to it. You're old, you're used to being that person that's always taking charge. You're being responsible because you have so many obligations. It doesn't have to be that you have so many siblings or whatever, but it's just that because you have your parents and you know what they've done for you. So it's like whenever they ask you something. You don't argue, you just do it. Mm-hmm. Not saying that you're being a baby or something and you're not being an adult. It's just that you're being a respectful person 
that to your family exactly to your family because at the end of the day it's the family values that are always instilled in us that's first and if it's not for the family they wouldn't even love you the way they love you exactly you know so like it's hard but for her you know every now and then I explain it to her and she's like okay like you know and it's not gonna come easy like we've already been together for about like a year and change and so so you know it's still a learning process and the biggest thing and Cleus, you know me. I do know you. The biggest thing that I owe, that I thank God for every single day, that I probably gained from my father, and I gained because of the stuff that my mother has done for me or done to me, is patience. Yeah. If you know Richard, you know patience. That's true. Because there's so much stuff that I can say I've been through with college, middle school, high school, whatever, like da da da. You know, if I didn't have the patience to just do whatever I had to do and not let it get to me or stuff like that, I would be a very different person. It's true. You know, like, and I really thank God for that because, you know, sometimes there was times when I was younger, I would have patience, but I'll be a pushover. Now that I'm older, I know when I have to put my foot down, my size 15 foot, I'll put it down. <laughs> in heartbeat, you you know? always have a big feet, Like, <laughs> and I tell, like, yo, like, it's just crazy because you really learn, like, the time to be patient and the time to actually, like, say something. And, between me be, being a nurse and having to do with patients that are always putting negativity and everything out there, especially to us when we're just trying to help them, it's like you really have to be patient. For me being home, coming from school, me sacrificing my freedom to do whatever I can for my parents and everything, and my mom still yelling at me because I didn't do the dishes or take out the trash or whatever, it's patience. Me having to explain my whole lifestyle and explain my and like how I live um, to my girlfriend and having her have to go through that and like m- me like always having to go back to telling her like you know this is just a lifestyle that I'm used to that I've grown up to my family's first everything I do isn't because not always for me but it's just for the values and the traditions that I've upheld it's patience you know and that's what a lot of people lack today and that's why things are always temporary and not permanent mm. because patience people lack it and I guarantee you, and that's another thing, social media and everything makes it harder for people to have patience because every, every want now, I want this now. If I can't get this, somebody else will give it to me. It's true. Back then when we didn't have any of this stuff in the 90s, when our parents didn't have any of this stuff, they just had each other to depend on, they had patience. That's why they're still together to this day. People that have been together for 75 years, 80 years, 90 years. I see them all the time. I'm like, how do you guys manage to stay together? Patience. Mm. If there's anything that I want to leave anybody that's listening to this right now is that make sure you have patience if you don't have it build it if you have it continue to build it and let it grow in your life because patience equals peace it's the key to life and without it your life will always be locked Mm. it's the key to unlocking life because patience allows you to grow and adapt in every situation that you're in and therefore it might be an uncomfortable situation but because you have the patience to go through it you will grow Simple Man bro I don't have nothing else to add bro If people want to buy some stuff from Gold, Gold, uh, Gold Coast Collection At the Gold Coast Collection Underscore on Instagram um, Or just hit me up if you know me Or just go through Cletus You know this is the Africa Where, where, where can they go follow, follow you at? Listen They can follow me At Pani P-A-A underscore N-I-I underscore on Instagram too you know or if you look up Richard Ashun quote 
Pani unquote on Facebook or whatever. I'm not even that into social media, but if you need me, you can go through Cletus and you will find me somewhere on his page because you know we're here. That's All it. Right. Simple. And y'all know the face, y'all know that y'all was tuning to Talk Ain't Cheap. And usually, nine and ten times, it's usually not that deep. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, shout out to my bro, Richard. From Yo, Stop put it by. on a freaking shirt, shirt I told okay? You, hashtag put Let it on a shirt. Let him make you slippery. <laughs> butter. Be like butter, baby. Be like butter. Uh, <laughs> uh, episode definitely coming. Next episode definitely coming soon. I don't, like I said, this is probably like episode 51. It's all, it's bro. Like, where's the where? How, how come I haven't had the forty? I haven't heard the forty nine. It's, like, it's on the computer, son. bro. Like I said, yo, you you've taught me a lot, and I'm so happy that I ran into you, and I'm so blessed to be able to see you today, and be able to have a friend like you after all just thirteen years, bro. Bro, if I don't say thank you, I am super gracious for you. Man, do you know how many times I mention my your name out of my mouth to other people? I'm scared because every time I feel like I mention it, somebody knows you. That's just the influence that you've left, man. And I'm telling you, people know you, continue to do you because right now, you're, people see you, you're here. But right now, you're here. And you know the sky is the limit. Right now, I'm, you're about to hit the ceiling. And then same for you too, bro. If I don't give you credit, bro, I'm so proud of you. We need more black men like you, black nurses doing great work. And I know, bro, same for you, bro. You've always been consistent. You've always been you. I've known you for thirty. You've always been you. And honestly, I'm I'm thankful. But we gonna clock out, man. Like I said, thank y'all for tuning this talking cheap. And uh, remember, it's using not that deep. You know the vibes, man. Butter.